Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Hey y'all, welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, October 25th. Let's start with the in case you missed it portion and then go on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Okay, so first of all, sorry for the delay in getting this out. I have a brand new puppy at home, so it has been hard to record a podcast when you have a fluffy terror running around your house. So thanks for bearing with me, listeners. Let's go ahead and get started with some baseball. So the World Series are set. The Houston Astros versus the Atlanta Braves will begin the best of seven series tomorrow at 7.09. And you can watch it on Fox. Starting pitchers are also set for the first game, and it's Charlie Morton versus Framber Valdez for the Astros. The Astros won their last World Series in 2017, while the Atlanta Braves haven't won since 1995. The Braves have won the World Series three times, whereas the Astros have only won the title once. For more info on the World Series, definitely check out last week's post, Take Me Out to the World Series. There will be three new umpires working the World Series. These three rookies include the umpire behind home plate for Game 1, as well as Game 4, and if we need it, Game 6. So if you don't like those calls, maybe you'll know why. (laughs) Moving on to the opening week of NBA basketball. So season started about a week ago, and co-favorites for the championship, the Lakers and the Nets, according to Vegas, both lost Game one. Steph Curry opened the season with a triple double for the Warriors to win 121 to 114 over the Lakers, while the reigning champs, the Bucks, beat the Nets 127 to 104 with the help of Giannis's 32 points. After the first week in the NBA, the Nets are still struggling without their starting guard, Kyrie Irving, who is obviously not allowed to play due to COVID regulations. We've covered that pretty thoroughly. 
The team scored just 20 and 17 points in the second half against the Hornets, and only Kevin Durant and James Harden had points in the double digits. Lakers forward Carmelo Anthony is now ninth on the NBA all-time scoring list after the game against the Grizzlies on Sunday. He scored 28 points in that game, a team high for him. And the team is looking strong after losing their season opener with six players scoring over 20 points apiece. LeBron scored 40 and Westbrook scored 37 in that game alone. So a nice bounce back for the Lakers. Moving along to college football, there were five losses in the top 25 in what was supposed to be a quote-unquote bland week in college football with no ranked matchups. Number seven, Penn State lost in nine overtimes to Illinois, giving us a view of the new overtime rules, which I'll go over in a second. However, it was really hard to watch because overtime three through seven were unsuccessful and were frankly just plain sloppy. But the Fighting Illini pulled it out in the end. So two undefeated teams went down this weekend. Number eight, Oklahoma State was upset by unranked yet favored Iowa State, who's obviously now ranked. And early drama in the week, number 14, Coastal Carolina lost their first game of the season to App State. Number 18, NC State got beat by one point by Miami. And finally, number 25, Purdue lost to Wisconsin, who put up 30 points on the Boilermakers. I actually had a bet on that game, and that was my one loss of the weekend. So I said I would go over the new overtime rules, so we're going to go ahead and drop a hashtag girlfriend hint here. So the new overtime rules were implemented after the 2018 season due to the LSU versus Texas A&M game going into the seventh overtime, leaving both teams beaten up and playing into the wee hours of the night. So after that season, originally two-point conversion attempts began on the fifth overtime, but it was moved to the third overtime as of this year. This was supposed to make it really short and more entertaining to watch. They really didn't think we'd be going into nine overtimes. And with two offensive powerhouses, this should be really fun to watch. But with Penn State and versus Illinois, which ended regulation tied at only 10 points apiece, it was just kind of sad. So cue that wah, wah sound effect. Other things to note for the weekend was Ole Miss retired number 10 for Eli Manning during their game. And one of the most controversial calls that everyone has been talking about was Iowa State had a taunting call called on their player, Xavier Hutchinson, as he ran in for a touchdown. I completely agree with all of the announcers in that this was the most tame taunt ever and it should not have been called. And because it was called on the field of play, they actually took the touchdown off the board. Basically what he did, for those of you who don't know, he did this high step into the end zone because he saw that he was alone. And I mean, it was so slight that you actually could just have said that he was looking around to make sure he wasn't going to be tackled into the end zone and potentially drop the ball. So, I mean, this was absolutely ridiculous of a call and it should not be called. This is what brings people to this sport, what makes it entertaining. And they've started to fix this in the NFL. You'll notice that players are allowed to celebrate. You'll see teams do it. I think the Buccaneers actually did it this week where they all rode the boat in the end zone together after they scored a touchdown. So this is a huge controversial subject in college football. And they're actually saying that there should be repercussions for that ref for calling that and taking points off the board. 
Luckily, that didn't affect the actual end of the game as Iowa State ended up winning anyway. But still, something you definitely need to know from this past week in college football. Also, I'm going to hit on two things really fast. Texas Tech has fired their head coach, Matt Wells. And Washington State no longer has a head coach or four other staff members after the vaccine mandate did go into effect. They flat out fired him. So um, the head coach, Mike Rolovich, is suing the university for wrongful termination. So we'll see how that goes. In case you wanted some politics along with your football. (laughs) Week nine has two big matchups in the Big Ten with a big with a top 10 face-off of Michigan at Michigan State. And then we have Penn State at Ohio State at night. I will go over the other games to watch in the what to watch this upcoming week section. But on upset watch, I have number one, Georgia, number eight, Michigan State, number 16, Baylor, number 17, Pitt, number 18, Auburn, number 20, Penn State, and number 21, San Diego State. Week 7 recap in the NFL includes the Browns that beat the Broncos despite being on their third string quarterback in Case Keenum after Baker Mayfield went out with a shoulder injury. The Cardinals has a nice had a nice easy week facing only the Texans to stay undefeated. They won 31 to 5. The Lions also still remain winless after playing the Rams, although they played closer than expected, losing 28 to 19. The Falcons avoid a loss with the Dolphins after a field goal as time expired to win 30-28. to Miami won all the stats, including time of possession, total yards, and first downs. However, sometimes stats are not enough. The Bengals, Patriots, Giants, and Bucks all won big over their opponents this week. And the Chiefs only scored three points in their game against the Titans. Mahomes was pulled out of the game due to a hard hit to the head and was checked for a concussion. However, that was only in the fourth quarter, so don't think that that's actually what led to their upset. They were The Titans were already up 27-3 at that time. This is the first time in Mahomes' career that his team did not score a touchdown in the regular season. The Chiefs obviously have had turnover issues, and they continued with this game having three. Tom Brady hit a huge milestone this weekend with his 600th touchdown pass in his career. He already had the record for the most, and obviously that just keeps increasing week by week, but this is truly an extraordinary mark. So he actually threw that pass to wide receiver Mike Evans, who didn't realize it was the record-setting pass when he gave the ball away to a fan. Whoops! The team had to go ask for the ball back from that fan. Going back to a story that launched on Friday, longtime Eagles tight end Zach Hertz was traded to the Cardinals for cornerback Tay Gowan and a 2022 fifth round draft pick. Not a bad switch if you're Hertz because you went from being two and five on the Eagles to the only undefeated team in the NFL. The Cardinals lost their starting and most affluent tight end Max Williams to the season ending knee injury last week. So he is replacing Williams. Let's quickly do a mid-season check-in with the standings in the American Conference. The Bengals, Raiders, Titans, and Ravens all have five wins in a tight race for that conference. Whereas the National Conference is very spread out. The Cardinals lead obviously with seven wins going undefeated, followed by the Bucks, Packers, and Rams all sitting at six. So the Americans super close with all teams within the five to one range win range and the Nationals have a wide range from zero to seven wins. 
We're actually skipping golf this week and going into motorsports because F1 had their only American stop in Austin this weekend and Red Bull's Max Verstappen won over Lewis Hamilton. Red Bull teammate Sergio Perez ran his race mostly without any working water but took third. Verstappen has a 12-point championship lead with only five races left in the F1 season, which ends in Abu Dhabi in December. I'm going to go ahead and drop another hashtag girlfriend hint because you better get used to hearing about Formula One as it is becoming increasingly popular in the United States now. Thanks in part due to the Netflix docuseries Drive to Survive and no COVID regulations, there were 140,000 people at the race in Austin on Sunday just for the race alone. F1 is also adding a Miami GP next year, and there is even an American team now in Haas. Sticking with motorsports, MotoGP, which is motorcycle racing for the professionals, also had noteworthy moments this weekend. Fabio Quattararo clinched the world championship after Benyaya crashed out in the last couple of laps. Mark Marquez won the race, looking back to his old self after his arm injury from the last first race of the delayed and shortened 2020 season sidelined him for more than a year. And before that injury, he had captured six world titles himself. So in my best impression of Texas fans, he's back. This was also MotoGP's GOAT's Valentino Rossi's final race on Italian soil. He has said that he will retire at the end of season, which ends mid-November after racing in MotoGP since 2000. There were quite a lot of Olympic stories this week, so I'm going to try and go over them pretty quickly. The Olympic athletes going to Beijing for the 2022 Games will be required to do daily COVID testing and will remain in a closed loop, a.k.a. the bubble, for the entirety of the Olympics, including transportation to and from venues. It does not look like there will be any foreign spectators allowed so far. Vaccines are not mandated, but Team USA and Canada have already said that their team is mandatory. It was Gymnastics Worlds this past week, and Tokyo bronze medalist Russian Angelina Melnikova won the women's all-around with her highest scores in the vault and uneven bars. Both Simone Biles and Suni Lee, the defending world champ and the gold medalist from Tokyo, were out of this competition, making competition ripe for someone new to step in. Melnikova had won four medals in the past world championships, but had never taken a title before this week. Melnikova became the first non-American to win the all-around title in either the Olympics or Worlds since 2010. But Americans shouldn't be too worried as Americans took second and third. Brazil's Rebecca Andrade won vault, and she is now the Olympic and world champion in that event. On the men's side, American Steven Nedarosic won the pommel horse for the first time ever in that event for the United States. Sticking with names you may recognize from Tokyo, the first Tokyo Olympic athlete has been disqualified for doping, and it is Russian triathlete Igor Polonovsky. He has been banned for three years, which puts him through the Paris 2024 Games. Well, okay, it's one day before the closing ceremonies that he is allowed to compete. He placed 43rd in Tokyo and was a part of the 14th place in the mixed relay, which has also been DQ'd. He was 31st in Rio. Going back to winter sports, U.S. ice dancers Madison Hubble and Zachary Donahue won their final skate 
America competition. The duo has said that they will retire at the end of this season, which will be the Beijing Games or the Worlds in March. They are the only ice dancing team to win a medal in the last three world championships. This latest was their fourth in a row to win Skate America, which ties Merrill Davis and Charlie White for the longest streak in Skate America history. Get used to hearing this name a lot over the next year. Michaela Schifrin won the World Cup skiing opener in the giant slalom, clinching her 70th World Cup victory. Schifrin is now the third skier in history to surpass 70 World Cup wins, trailing only Ingemar Stenmark and Lindsey Vaughn with 86 and 82 wins, respectively. Okay, so there was a lot going on over the last week, but that wraps it up. And now let's move on to what to watch this upcoming week. Obviously, you got to watch the World Series in the world of baseball this week. Game one begins on Tuesday at 7.09 on Fox. And actually, every game is at 7.09 on Fox, except for game five on Sunday, if needed. That will be at 7.15. The only days you can't catch a World Series game are Thursday and Monday. And the if necessary games begin game five on Sunday, game six on Tuesday, and game seven, if we need it, will be on Wednesday. The series starts in Houston for the first two games, changes to Atlanta for the next three, and then goes back to Houston, like I said, if needed. There is some NBA basketball you can catch on either TNT or ESPN. There's six games Tuesday, Wednesday, or Friday, all at 6.30 or 9 p.m. We already went over that Michigan versus Michigan State is one of the big games of the week for college football. They play at 11 a.m. on Fox, and that will be game day. Texas also plays at Baylor, which I have as a game to watch potential upset, also at 11 a.m. on ABC. Number one, Georgia faces the best team they're probably going to face in the SEC East in the Florida Gators at 2.30 on CBS. We then have number 10, Ole Miss at 18, Auburn and Bo Nix at home at 6 o'clock on ESPN. And then another Big Ten showdown in number 20, Penn State at number 5, Ohio State at 6.30 on ABC. In the NFL, we have on Thursday Night Football, the Packers at the Cardinals at 720 on Fox. So let's see if the Cardinals can pull out another win. On Sunday, there will be eight games at noon, depending on your geographical location on CBS or Fox. Then we have two games at 305 on CBS, two games at 325 on Fox, depending on where you are, and the Cowboys at the Vikings at 720 on NBC to round out Sunday football. And Monday night football being the Giants at the Chiefs at 7.15 on ESPN. And in gearing up for Beijing 2022, we have curling Olympic qualifying semifinals on Saturday at noon on NBCSN. And the finals will be shown at 7 p.m. on the same channel on Sunday. And I will highlight one women's soccer game, number three, Florida State, who had a very tough week last week and did end up losing to Duke, who took their top spot on the rankings this week. So number three, Florida State will play number six, UVA, for like their third straight ranked versus ranked game at 6 p.m. on ACC Network on Thursday. That wraps it up for this delayed weekly update this week. Thanks, y'all, for cutting me some slack. For more information, go visit the blog, thegirlfriendsguidetosports.com. I've got all the top 25 games on there, as well as plenty more to watch. Enjoy the World Series, and I'll see y'all next week.